The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Carmen and Yurko on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Thank you for uh, listening, calling, and participating in today's show. And thank you. Oh, look at that. Oh, an old picture. Old picture. Yeah. We got guys that. outside that have an old picture with Yurk, and we just got a new one. Love it. Uh, thank you to Courtney Cronin and Jesse Rogers, of course, and great work by Black and Abdallah, Good who group. will be on from 6 until 8. Uh, we're going to get a tape measure, and we're gonna going to ask Jeff if we can walk it off. You and I can go out there, and we can walk it off. I, I say no. We hire a You're firm. Right. That, that puts the thing, the level over home plate yeah. and does the laser out to the outfield. You're going to love Jesse's latest text to us. I should have said this. Dimensions and wind act differently at Wrigley. Benefits righties much more. Left center 357, right center 377. Even though it says 368, it's not really. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> so he's calling Wrigley Field a sham and a scam. I love it. I mean, this is an author. He is an author. He is saying Wrigley Field is a fraud. You never. That's what he's saying. Ever say no when I suggest we put Jesse Rogers on because gold happens. Wrigley Field dimensions are a fraud. They're a fabrication. There's nothing true to them. There's nothing like your car. That's what in a he baseball said. Conversation. That's what Jesse Didn't asked one question and it just pops off right at the yeah, end. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was crazy. I thought Did he crazy. say dimensions or dimensions? Dimensions. A, a little bit dimensions. of both. Dimensions. Uh, I'm not supposed to believe it. Sylvie, I can't go on. I can't go <laughs> I on can't today go on. without yeah. knowing exactly what the dimensions yeah, of Wrigley Field are. I have been lied to my, my whole life. I remember watching Jose Cardinal, Rick Monday. Oh, yeah, that hat. Bobby Mercer. Remember that hat? The Bobby great Champ oh. Summers. All those guys manning the outfield out there to know Champ that it was kind. all. They were all frauds. All frauds. All I frauds. Was a, Every uh, single one of them is a fraud. Yurko, I was, uh, I was made fun of in the neighborhood because I could not pronounce my R's as a young child. Right. And my favorite uh, Cub player was Bobby Mercer. Yeah. And I would run around. Uh, What'd you call him? What'd you Leamington call him? saying Bobby Mercer, Bobby Mercer. Mercer, Bobby and Mercer. So, Bobby like, Mercer. And, and all the kids would say Bobby Mercer, Bobby Mercer to me. Poor Sylvie. Getting okay. yeah. you roll your R's. Rolling writer. Boy, what a deprived child. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Mercer. That's funny. Waddle and Sylvie are here to crosstalk. Uh, this is brought to you by Club Hawthorne and the betting bars. They're at Twin Peaks. They are. We love Twin Peaks. Yeah. Twin Peaks Oakbrook Terrace. 29 degree beer. Right off yes. of Cermak, just how, west of the mall. Go see them. How are the sights, boys? Oh, very good. Did you see our Scenic video? views, Johnny. Yeah. Scenic views. Yeah. Video. No, I didn't see the video. Didn't I'm the doing the show. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Like, hey, what do you think? I mean, you're watching videos well, of soccer then, or ducks. You think I can't watch the Champions League game against Arsenal and Sevilla? Now we've got a Spanish soap opera on it is, because the, on. the soccer game is over. That's a, no, was that a novella? What is that called? So now we've got a novella. Amorcito Corazon. Oh, Something about the love of the heart. Of yeah, Carm, I don't think you're listening to the dialogue. It's just me, but I don't think no, you're listening no, to the dialogue. All, yeah, we got Arsenal versus Sevilla. Four oh, minutes we go. in now. we got some Champions League. Now we got Champions now. League soccer. How you guys doing? How, How you doing? doing? We, our, Fabulous. Our commute was better than Yurko's. Yeah, oh, boy. boy yeah, nightmare. I stood still there for a while, boys. Yeah, we we uh, not not bad coming out here. 
I didn't. Two ninety four looking good these days. Right. Yeah, they're getting there. It's Listen, a lot of construction, yeah. but they're getting there. It's was, better than it was this summer. That's for sure. Yeah. I was worried about bridge integrity today. That's what I heard that. Thing. What did you call that? What tensile was the, strength. Tensile, oh, there you go. Tensile yeah. strength. Tensile, tensile strength. strength. I think it's tensile. tensile strength. I call right? it tensile. I think it's tensile. You can call it what you like. I'm going to call it tensile. tensile now strength. I'm worried about the uh, uh, the integrity of Wrigley Field. Uh, that's I've true. Been lied wait, to so wait, from all these years. What, what came up? I don't understand what you guys are talking Jesse, about. Well. Jesse said the left field power alley is easier to hit a home run than the right field power alley. He said alley. it favors the righties because right. it's that power alley is more conducive to right. like you know getting I more wait, home runs for the righties. And I checked the numbers because I felt like left field was further than right field. And it is. And down it the is. lines, it's two feet further in left field. And so was he saying alley, the, it's fine. What he said the is the wind tunnel or no, something? He said there's false advertising. He said left field is actually 357 feet. I guess that's what he said. And right field is actually 377 feet. Now, I'm being falsely advertised to the dimensions of the park. And I think everything the Cubs have done since 1908 has been an absolute fraud, a scam. Well, they moved in there in 08. They moved in there in 1914, I think. Whenever 1914, the onset of World War I. Yes. Okay? All I'm saying is it's, it's been a sham, it's a fraud, it's a mockery. The whole kitchen mockery, yeah. and the it's, whole thing, it's, and it's, it's relevant wrong. because yeah, is this a conversation this, about left-handed power? Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso. Okay, gotcha. right It's a conversation right. that was had, and then all I told is that the Chicago Cubs are a lying organization. Is what I've been told today by Jesse Rogers, and so I'm beside myself. So, I don't know what so to Jesse do. Jesse called back in and started quoting Murph. He goes, "Well, yeah. Murph's told me, and I Murph talked to the Chris. Magic Tones, and we just <laughs> the saw first Murph. thing you want to do. That's we just the saw first Murph thing you want to do when it comes to Cubs baseball." I thought he Murph. said Matt Guitar yes, Murph. Murph. That's the yeah. best. So yeah, From the Blues Brothers, it's, Rhythm and Show Band. It set him off. You know, it's classic. Uh, what I were we know, talking about? I, I didn't I know the about Pete Alonso and yeah, about, how many home runs he which, would hit. Which, yes. which free agent know. or gotcha. trade okay. target? Gotcha. Yeah. They should be not, going after. Did not know the Cubs organization were liars, and um, that's what has come to me today. Regardless, I think Pete Alonso would be a good addition off. to your lineup. Sure, I yeah. don't think. Yeah, somebody's I think all lying. the guys are targeting. Somebody's lying. The Cubs organization or Jesse Rogers. You guys I know. I want to find out who's lying. And you guys know if the Cubs like start slow in April and May, how many times do you think oh, he's oh, going to bring up Craig Council? Yeah. How many counsel. times do you think yeah. he's going to bring up? They but better. the great Craig hey. Council was supposed to fix everything. This is what they need loaded. to do. This is what they need to do. Sounds like, sounds like the good kid no. is a, a disciple no, no. of no. Chris Getz doesn't like his baseball team. No. I love Littlefinger. No, I like my baseball team. I got no problems with it. This is what I know. What? what they need mean? to come out of the gate like Monarcos <laughs> in the Kentucky Derby, and they need to finish like Monarcos. He started first, finished first. Okay. That's what I better see. Otherwise. the great... Craig Council is I here. You guys, I what if they start off slow, but they finish on top by like 10 games? Well, that'll be, not, that'll be the, a fine result. I'm okay. not trying. The closers. This, good this, this is not a Sox fan being a hater on the Cubs. I hope the Cubs are 10 games under in April because I can't wait for oh, Yurko yeah. to have a field day. Just to hear it. You just want to hear it. You want, you want drama. Craig Council. I just can't wait. Because you don't know you, if David Ross was there, they'd be in first. Wouldn't you, Carm, don't you oh, want, I know you're not a Cubs it. fan. Aren't you tired about talking about losing teams? Yes. Thank you. I mean, wouldn't you want a, a one of the teams, two of the teams, any of the teams to start winning instead of rooting for 20 under? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, you I, sound I, like Eberflus now. Yeah, the sky it's are a little hard for me to win. Sky are winners. The Sky are winners. Were they this year? They got eliminated they in the first the round by the yeah. Aces. They went to the playoffs. Yeah, but the Aces did, were the yeah. champs. So. I know. The Aces are good. The Aces are good. Uh, I don't know, Sylvie. I mean... 
Sure, it's more exciting for what we do, I guess. You're right about that. It's good for it's you know it's good for us as as radio talk radio. Carm, uh, are you hosts. one that that not only cheers for your team, you cheer against the no, other team? No, you've never I would not. I would have like not have ever thought that that was your uh, mo. Well, it's not. When have you ever seen me do that? No, that's I, what I mean. I, I, no. I can't imagine that's your route. He's a good Sox fan. Yes, yeah, I don't. Carm's uh, a good. Sox I fan. wish the Sox. I'm glad. You just want the Cubs to be twenty games under so that the good kid oh, can that, go off. I'm telling you, I that's the only reason. Yeah, it would be hilarious to listen to the daily. I thought Craig Council was supposed to fix everything. It's going to be fantastic. He's already got it locked and loaded. I know my part. Oh, you got it. And I, oh, like I got how it's. I do appreciate Chris Getz uh, telling. Uh, he doesn't like his team. That he doesn't. I love that. Well, Thank join you, the club, Chris. Yeah, join the club I, is right. I heard Cap say this morning that it was stunning. I'm like, well, how could it be stunning when your team lost 101 games? They're terrible. There's nothing stunning about a general manager who just got his job because. The other guys who put it together sucked. Right. And you lost 101 games, and now he's saying, I don't like my team. That, like, it's honest, and I know that not everyone is honest, but I don't think that in this time or place for Chris Getz to say that, that that's a stunning admission. A- anything else about him saying about his team would be a stunning admission. Right. If he stood up there at the GM meetings and said, you know what, I like my team, that would be stunning. And it'd be silly. So yes. I'm glad he's not going down that road. You don't lose 101 with a good baseball team. And he's basically called out everything that is wrong with him, and he's admitted that they have a lot of work to do. Has he I, called out the, the manager? Well, he no, should do that, too. You should, you should do that, too. I, I mean, look. But he was calling out the manager You don't lose today. 100 games. Not j- I mean, they're, everybody's culpable, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Hoodie was calling him uh, Getz's uh, parrot. That he that he, Griffol just stands there on uh, gets his shoulder and just <laughs> basically repeats everything he says. I wish they would have called Craig Council, man, oh man, or somebody, or like at least interviewed people, right? You know, and then, or then like, wait, your team starts the season ten games under five hundred, and the good true. kids lighten you up. That's true. Yeah, where's yeah. the great Chris or uh, or whatever his name is? Great no, Council. Yeah, there's no expectations for the Chicago White Sox this year, guys. Are you guys None. Johnny? Are you against the Craig Council hire? No, I, I, I've got no you problem just think, with it. You I, just I, think I, everyone's making too much of it? No, I, I don't. This is what I don't like. I don't like when a manager makes it known that he wants to go after another manager's job, and that's what he did. So that's where I think he was out of line. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it worked out for him. Can I ask you this question? How is it? And maybe there's a good answer. I'll just ask it. How is it different than, like, if Shohei Otani were to sign here and take someone's DH job? Yeah, of I don't think it's a lot uh, different. Then someone gets players. traded. I'm saying there's honor, theoretically, about, uh, uh, amongst managers okay. that you don't go after somebody else's job. And that's ultimately what counsel did. He said, well, I'm not going to sign here. The Cubs' job would be ideal. Oh, who cares if Ross has got it? I'm going to let them know that I'm interested in it and see what happens. Do you right. think that he reached out first, or do you think the Cubs went to him first? That's other a great question. I, I don't know Sylvie. if it makes a difference. Mm. Oh, I, I mean, I, if, he I reach if, out, if, if the Cubs reach out to him and say, hey, what we're it, willing to do whatever it takes to get you, and you, they would say, well, don't you have a manager? You've got a manager. That's what I would, my reply and, to him would be. So and then they'll say, well, we'll fire him for you. That's how much we think of you. Yeah. What if Andy Reid? Oh God! Decided to walk away from the Kansas City Chiefs and was sitting out there, and then Ryan Poles called Andy because of their Kansas City connection and said, "Hey, I, I know I have a coach, but Andy, would you be interested in, ma- in coaching the Chicago Bears?" Andy would say, "Fire your guy, then come talk to me. Okay. Until then, don't come talk to me." 
Oh, like so you that's think just they a, that's just a procedural that's right. response. No, not necessarily. You either have an open job or you don't have an open job. Boy, but what would happen though if you yeah. fired your guy and then he signed somewhere that's else? What I mean, what yeah. Do? I mean, I love it. It's all right. I, don't, we got a World Series coming next year. See, the here, we here we go. Here we go. We got loading it up. We got council. We don't need anything else. Here we got goes, great council. I can't wait. It's so good. It's Did I hear that again. the Cubs are supposed to be like pursuing Shohei as? They're aggressive, fervently as anybody. The, the term is aggressively pursuing they from are, Bob Nightingale. That is so subjective, it I got, scares me. I can promise you this. They are uh, well, everywhere they in Tokyo. They're in Japan. They're in Tokyo. They're up and down. They're in Kyoto. They're finding the best Japanese pitchers available. There are well, two of them coming every out. One yeah. of them, every one of them will be signing with the Chicago Cubs. Well, one, one's a really good youngster who's basically won their triple crown in pitching over there. Yep. The, the other one's 30. That's right. Who pitched in the World Baseball Classic, who That's would be more right. like a three, a, mid, a mid-rotation guy. Perfect. Every so not only do they make your pitching staff better, they also may be a good recruiting Good teammates, tool too. Good teammates. Shohei. Yeah. I think the money is the recruit. Like he's injured, but, but you're going to have to unseat one of these starting pitchers in the lineup and give that job to the I think guy the Cubs, you bring in. I think the Cubs are ready to spend three, four hundred million. Well, that, it's going to take more than that. Yeah, to get I think that's what they're ready to do. They want to be players again. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait. Is he just? No, he's stuff. got the tweak machine out today. He, he is just the best. No, no, I'm he excited is. about baseball. First time in a no, long you're, time. No, you're first not. time, long time. I don't. Believe that's what I it think is we for should only have Yurko be in the office for two hours, and I think we get the best two hours. Yeah, out like of you him. should just show up at 11:45 every day. Can I tell you this? Yeah. You know how calm I was in the with all the chaos happening around. You know the way. And the why was that? Being There's really nothing you can do, right? It's exactly it. Uh, yeah, nothing it, you can that's do. Good. If a traffic jam is inevitable, that's healthy. Turn on your favorite enjoy. Warren Zevon album and mm-hmm. just kind of chill. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy I attitude. I was listening to Halsey. Halsey, okay. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, I like Halsey. Big fan of Halsey. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I think that's a healthy attitude. Good for you. Yeah. Why not? What are you going to do? Create angst in your stomach? That's a good point, man. Agita not in your heart. Not everybody's good at doing yeah, that. Yeah, One time he was swearing at every uh, driver yeah. behind him. By the way, Halsey's not Daryl Hall from Halls, Hall and Oaks. No, right? no, no. This is a singer. Yeah. yeah it's this a, is a female, female singer. singer. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Daryl yeah. Hall. Let's listen a little bit to her. Let's listen a little bit of Metallica. Yeah. If you guys heard, but Carmen's going to be having some Metallica blank. Blacken, baby. What are you doing? Our next whiskey. You is next Wednesday, a week from tonight, at Sovereign Downtown Plainfield. Right, it's a great place, and we're doing blackened whiskey. That's yeah. Metallica's whiskey. Yeah, yeah. understand, man. Right Let's here. go. Let's rock. Hey, right. Carm. By the way, what was that dish you that you a dish you were cooking on uh, Instagram the other last night? Spaghetti. Was, last, was it? I didn't get to see all of it. I saw Something. you slicing this the cherry guy. tomatoes. What's the matter with you? I, can't wait. I didn't see the yeah. whole day. I was. I had something I had to do. I was waiting for the uh, heavy cream. A little bit yeah. myself, a little bit of heavy cream. I saw no guanciale in there. No uh, I usually do put guanciale I'd in there, but I didn't missing. have any. Yeah, I knew it was. I missing. usually start the dish with guanciale. Yeah, guanciale. I'm going to start an alternate that's the, channel. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's Carmen. the cheek, yeah, okay. guys. That's, that's the cheek, yes, right? The, the cheek of the car. Yes, my the my wife does the guanciale. same thing. She takes those little cherry tomato likes, all the different colors. Yeah, they're delicious. And, and cooks them up with a little garlic and yes. a little oh, oil, and then throws in linguine. Yes, that's pretty much what you did. Pretty much some basil, some. White wine, yeah, yeah. little Ooh, garlic, some that. shallot, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's all you need. And I then, saw you uh, peeling the garlic with the flat knife yeah, as well. This oh, is yeah, why I did that. The, yeah. He smashed the, it. 
The yeah. one time I was over there. The yeah. one time. He, you guys, you, you ordered, ordered out. Yeah, That's you ordered Popeye true. fried he, chicken? He, he ordered out. They got DoorDash to uh, your place? Yeah, the, red the red beans time. and rice. Yeah. yeah. My, first of all, you've been over more than once. I made you steak on the open fire pit. Uh, you, uh, want, you, were, you want breast or legs, Sylvia? I'm going to bring a bucket. I got a bucket. I mean, you know, he finally was able to go out during COVID after he beat cancer. I'm like, come over. I was exhausted. I'll make you a huge. I cooked. I cooked. Pour, uh, tomahawk ribeyes on yeah, the open grill. It was great. Unbelievable. Zetterman said, it's the best steak I've ever had. Can I move in? And now he's complaining. He was over over the summer one night, and it is true. My For a brief week or so, my uh, smoker, unfortunately, had crapped out. I had to get it fixed. Yeah, so smoker. I couldn't yeah, cook. Smoker. I was going to smoke something when he came over, but I couldn't. I will make it up to you. Smoking a pancake. Uh, hey, do you want to come over Sunday since uh, you've got no football? I'm going to be with you Friday. That's enough. That's enough. Right. Now he's right. banished you. How about that? Well, if you want to come over, I, 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 you, I, I, it's simple. He just said Friday. no. He said no is what he just said. He I said could, no. I don't want to come over to your place because I am going to cook on. A what are you cooking, baby, baby? I'll come over. What are you making? I'm thinking about maybe doing ribs if it's uh, oh, going to be I'm nice I'm enough. Ribs, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I love ribs. Think about smoking some ribs. I don't want to do a pork shoulder. It takes too long. We don't have enough daylight now. Walk in, know. and next thing you know, that smoker's down again. No, yeah. it's not. It's fixed. It's back up and running. Thank goodness. <laughs> I knew. I love. Sylvie pulls in the driveway. <laughs> the I can't believe this, but I got to tell you, the smoker's down again. I'm out there. The best thing now is that every time I put something on Instagram, people are just going like, "Sylvie's going to be pissed," and yeah. <laughs> Sylvie's it's having great. Connie's frozen. I really pizza. am. I, I am envious. I truly am envious. You are a man of the like you are just a worldly person like you you know. you do you, with your bourbon and with your cooking and sports and a, yeah. everything everything the, in your house smells like leather bound have. books that's right Speaking of that the music in the background was that uh, ornella varnoni no i don't love so. pimento i don't think so no. No? speaking of music though do you know who great, we have on today who do you have billy corgan Billy uh, Corgan's coming tees. on. The plain white tees are coming on. Chris Stapleton <laughs> we discovered us them. at 420. Yeah, I know. You ain't got to tell me. Is you we, guys discovered Kanye, too. Is Billy coming that's on? That's not true. They it's did true. not discover Kanye. Saving the music on he Saturday. He never would have appeared uh, with me. A young Kanye <laughs> came on board. <laughs> That was good, Sylvie. Um, so, so Billy Billy is going to play for the first time at Wrigley Field. I can't yes. believe they, he's never played there. Yeah, never has played at wow. Wrigley Field. So we're going to talk to tickets go on sale on Friday. Great. And then, and then he he told me, too, while we were texting, that he was not a fan of uh, David Ross's managerial style. Good. I can't so wait to hear co- this. So he's all aboard the Craig Council train. Oh, who isn't? I love it. The whole world should be on. We're celebrating a World Series already. 2024 World Series winners already. So good. I, I think you're going back shirts. to back, good kid. We need nothing else. We just I think you're going to repeat what the Big Red Machine did. We need the great Craig Council. That's all we need. <laughs> what else do you guys have on the show today? I, I just gotta, that. Just I that. We're e- talking Cubs baseball for I, four I'm hours. interested in hearing the Eberflus. I didn't hear the press conference, Strange. but I've been, oh, I've been texted and tweeted constantly about oh. some of the... Uh, Strange. It, it, really? Yeah. I just... I don't know what the... It's almost like... They're messing with him. Like, what's happening? Why is the designation one thing? And he's getting up there saying he's not going to play. And when pressed on it, he's like, well, he may. And it's is like, this as simple as they're trying to to psych out the Carolina Panthers as to who to be, who to be prepared <laughs> for? Give me out. I guess, you know, psych. I, I guess Bajan's speaking right now. You guys want to go do it? Okay. All right. Sure. I, yeah. Yeah. Please. We're all kind of like, sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tyler says we should go to it. I wish right. it was He'll make more sense than the head coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Waddle and Sylvia are coming up next live at Twin Peaks. Oakbrook Terrace. Go see him. We'll see you tomorrow for game day. Here's Tyson Bajan.
Yeah, uh, not turn the ball over. <laughs> what did you learn from, from that experience last week? Uh, just, I mean, nothing that I didn't know. You know, we're playing against uh, high-caliber uh, NFL talent and, and players every week at every position. So um, if you're behind on a throw, while it could easily be an incompletion, um, you know, these these players have the talent in order, you know, to make that a turnover. So being on time, being on target, uh, being locked in and be able to finish games uh, all the way through. Are you glad you get another opportunity? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that um, any time that a game doesn't turn out how, you know, you want it to, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost just more eager to get back out there to uh, kind of flip the script on that. So definitely thankful for every opportunity I get. How much of what you saw in the Saints game was – new to you i mean i know you've seen some and you've seen film and you've been around for a while now here but how much of what their defense did was new to you yeah i would say uh the only thing that was different was just the the kind of the caliber of guys i'm playing against um i think that throughout my you know i played a lot um a lot of football games in college and you know, I went through all the spring spring balls with, you know, our defensive coordinator has been there for uh, a very long time. So he was always trying new things. You know, I think he faced a lot of drop eight my senior year. So um, one way or another, I feel like I've I've been I, I've seen everything that a defense can do. Just haven't played against this caliber um, before. Is that the new part then that you have to adjust to is just how thin the margin is? At this level, that I think that's what everybody has to adjust to is just you know you're you're you, not only are you playing against amazingly physical, uh, you're playing against physical specimens, but you're also playing against dudes who don't really make mistakes either. So you know you just got to be that much sharper and on top of you know what you're trying to accomplish. You can know that you can know that intellectually, but I mean I'm sure you would have told us that six months ago about the NFL, but in practice, like in actual in games, in reality, it's just you have to adjust your thinking based on that. No, I think you just have to think smoother and faster than you ever have before. When they do drop eight, and like in theory, you'd have potentially more time if they're not if you're not feeling as pressured. What are the challenges then in in what you're seeing downfield that does, so that won't lead to an interception? I think yeah, I think um, you know, growing up as a quarterback, and then you start to see drop eight. It's always hey, um, extend the play as long as you can. QB run is always good. Checkdown is always good. So um, the same thing stayed consistent there. Get the ball to the check down. Uh, Deontay's sitting there right on the sideline, ready for the ball. So um, it's not a got to have it moment, especially early in the game. So just get to the check down, play the next play. Are those some of those moments when you were talking on Sunday about I might have tried to force something? Is that just kind of the mindset you have to get yourself yeah, into? Yeah, I think, I, you know, yeah, I think, you know, you see the drop eight, um, you know, the dropper dropped right into our primary target. Uh, so I knew it was drop eight, but then it's just right there. Instead of just reacting, trying to react on your instinct, just kind of think through it. Like, hey, drop eight, let's extend the play. We don't need to force anything. You know, uh, a, a neutral play is just as good as anything um, in that moment. So just be safer and protect the ball a little bit more. Tyson, with how you played through the first three quarters on Sunday, what were some of your takeaways on a positive standpoint of, of the way you operated in that environment? Yeah, the big one was just, you know, it was reiterated time and time again, the atmosphere that we were playing in, that it was maybe the hardest atmosphere to play in, just, you know, sound-wise. And um, so I thought that uh, we did a great job of uh, just managing the game. You know, there were no delay of games. I think we were snapping the ball with a lot of time left on the on the shot clock. So, um, and I, you know, felt like I was 99% on all my, all my, all my checks. So, um, 
I felt good in that sense. Coach Tucker was saying yesterday that part of the development process for a young quarterback is just developing a feel for how your strengths and weaknesses match at this level. How are you with the growth process and, and just kind of going through some of the growing pains that create mistakes that you just have to experience and then not make mm-hmm. up again? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's going, I think everything is uh, going great. I think aside from uh, obviously the ugly parts with uh, turning the ball over, never want to do that. But as far as like the growth is concerned, um, you know, I feel like this opportunity has allowed me the the chance to grow um, at an extremely rapid pace. So I've been super grateful for that. And I think that, you know, me along with, um, you know, some of the coaches I'm with every day have kind of noticed like little things that, you know, I'm able to adjust to um, that I maybe wouldn't have been, you know, four or five weeks ago. Do you feel Pretty, like you unlocked a certain part of your game with the scrambling last week? Did, did you ever have that many rushing yards in a game in college? Uh, maybe somewhere around there, but uh, that, you know, that, that definitely was something that stuck out. Um, but I mean, like I said before, I don't want to put myself into any uh, one grouping of the type of quarterback that I am. I don't think of myself as a pocket passer. I don't think of myself as dual threat. I just think about um, the play I get and trying to extract the most amount of positive effect from that play as I possibly can. So if that means running, if that means throwing, um, whatever I got to do in order to put us in the best position to win. For it does, DJ, but it does feel like somebody, I mean, you don't you do not do it all that often, but you knew when to slide, your instincts were there. I mean, that's got to be something you take away if it's positive. I mean, some guys get out there and they run and then they get their head yeah, I mean, yeah, never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. It's always probably somewhere in the middle. So I think that, you know, when you throw three picks, uh, you know, you're leaving the field pretty disgusted with yourself. Um, but then, you know, you look at the film and you realize, man, you know, for 45 minutes, 48 minutes, you know, I was playing pretty, you know, pretty good. We were operating very well. So uh, just clean up those last 12 and a half minutes. And um, I think there's a different outcome to the game. And, um you know, I probably feel a little bit different, you know, leaving leaving the stadium that day. For DJ, DJ voiced some frustration a couple of weeks ago after the Chargers game, I believe it was. Uh, you've kind of found Darnell Mooney over the past couple of weeks. How cognizant are you of trying to balance out who's getting what targets and maybe even uh, how DJ's being open looks different than everybody else? Yeah, I don't I don't ever go into any game. Um, you know, I am conscious of the fact that DJ is our guy and he's our, he's our X factor. And, you know, I've got to do a good job of getting him the ball. Other than that, um, I'm playing the play, you know, I'm going through my progressions. I'm, I'm doing um, the best that I possibly can in order to move the chains and be successful as an offense. So um, that's probably the only thing I'm conscious about is that DJ is our guy. If you want to play one-on-one against DJ, you usually should pay for that. So um, as far as anything other than that, um, Mooney had a great game uh, last week, but nothing in my head was like, Oh, I got to get the ball to Mooney. I got to get the ball to Mooney. And the same thing with Cole, you know, he's had, you know, a lot of targets the past two games, but never in my mind am I worried about how many times I need to get Cole Komet the ball. For DJ, it's obviously an opportunity to play against the team that drafted him and then extended him. Uh, talking to him this week, do you get any uh, sense that this game's maybe a little extra special for him? No, I think he's a he's a uh, very competitive um, guy. So I think for him, uh, he wants to win equally as much um, every time we touch the field. You know, every time he touches the ball, he wants to score. Every time we're on the field as a team, uh, he wants to win. And I think that's pretty consistent with everybody in the building. So um, same mentality going into this one um, as every single other one. Tyson, on that first touchdown to Cole, uh, what gives you the vision to make that throw and, and, and what, what's, what's your brain telling you in that moment about 
Yeah, that was kind of the specialty part of that play. Um, so as soon as I turned around and it was covered, but, you know, I kind of saw who was covering him, the size difference and, um, you know, give our, you know, one of our top guys a chance to make a play one on one coverage. Kind of like what I said before, play certain guys one on one. That's, you know, win for the Bears. So give our guy a chance. Um, and he made a great play. That's so when you look back, you see you see you've got a nine inch, sixty pound advantage there. Like that, that's when you notice that when you turn back, or is it pre snap that you know that call is going to get that? Well, I mean, it was a long developing play, so it couldn't have done it pre snap. But kind of when I flipped my hips, I knew there was pressure in my face. Saw who was, saw the DB that was covering him, and was just one just a calculated risk of giving our guy a chance. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Tyson. There you go. There's uh, Tyson Bajant. Really. The kid is mature, and uh, he processes on the field, uh, and he gets the ball quick. He made some bad decisions last week, and then off the field, he's really good at, at just handling the moment at that podium. And, it, like, the coach could take some PR lessons from no, him. The whole staff, the whole building. The whole building. You like an he, undrafted rookie quarterback like, who commands the room better than anyone in the building. He could teach them all. Like, he could set up a seminar on yeah. how to explain things to, to people. It's something. So he's going to get another start. Uh, will we see Justin now in 10 days from now? There was confusion in the way it was explained. I've not heard this yet. I want to hear it with you. You have not heard it either. I right? haven't either. All right, so we'll hear that next. Justin's listed as doubtful, but they were basically calling him out. Yeah. Which, which, which is weird. And for me, it's fine because I didn't want Fields to play. I want him healthy. I want him to step on the gas and go when he comes back. I want him to play his best football to make it as hard of a decision as possible. If these guys aren't the real deal and there's a quarterback out there, a former quarterback who was talking about that, I think, last night, that they believe that Justin is better than the other guys available. I'll play you some of that coming up. Baseball meetings going on. Barstool Big Cat coming up today. Billy Corgan's going to join us. We're live at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. Come on out and see us. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle, Sylvie, Twin Peaks, Oak Brook Terrace. We're back at the live show on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. A lot of great fans of the show, a lot of great Bears fans here. Mike's back from uh, Colorado. Yeah, Mike Mike moved back from Vail. Mike McGinty. You know, just to, just to listen to us more clearly it, on ESPN it, it's, with it, It's weird. It's like uh, we have a lot of fans, but they're all sitting to the right of well, us. Maybe you, no ta- one wanted, maybe you ought to take a shower every now and again. No one wanted to sit in our room. Well, by the like, way. All these tables are vacant. Before you got here, here, though, before you got here, it was hot as balls, man. I that know, thing, but that heater was blasting. It's, it's one of those, These we're in like the patio room. Yes. Where they, they make it like a Four Seasons room where, you know, in the summer, these windows are up and yeah. then they... So then it's either really, really hot or yeah. really cold. You know what I mean? Like, yes. when the heat's on, it's on. I was sweating. And when like it's I not on, something. it gets cold. Yes. It was, so, not, was not comfortable before you came in. Uh, so Tyson Bajan just met the media. He will start. Justin Fields is out. Again, I, I don't know if Fields will ever truly be healthy with the thumb on the throwing hand the rest of the way. I wouldn't be shocked if you come back from from break after this game and he's still dealing with this leading into the Detroit game. 
Remember, it's not his left calf. Right. It's not his left shoulder. It is the thumb on his throwing yes, hand. Yes, this is a terrible so, injury for yes, a quarterback. For a quarterback. So, mean, so while he can get medically cleared, like I, I, I just want to see him as good as he possibly can be. I want to see him play like he did in Denver and Washington, and I want to see that the, the Vikings game was just a bad start. And and I want to see that maybe he learned some things in processing after Bajan. Like, a lot of people scoffed at that, oh, the Bears are throwing fields under the bus. But I don't know how, like, why that is so bad to say when it's obvious when Bajan's only taken four sacks and Fields yeah, has taken I, a ton of sacks. The ball gets out quicker. The decision-making is quicker. Justin got hurt on a play when he held the ball for six seconds. I want to see him come back, and I want to see him play as good a football as he possibly can. I think people were a little bit agitated or irritated by Chris. I think Chris Collinsworth on that Sunday night game continued to harp on it. And I think we talked about it afterwards. My perspective was, look, I don't think they were trying to suggest to you that Tyson Bagent is Tom Brady, and you can learn everything about playing the quarterback position at an elite level from watching him. I think the essence of it was, and I'm a believer that even if you are watching someone with less skill and who is not as good as you are at your position, it doesn't mean you can't still learn. They do play the position a little bit differently. As you mentioned, I believe Tyson as a starter in three games has taken four sacks. In the Minnesota game alone, Justin took four sacks in the first half and the first drive of that, that, the second half of that game. They play the position differently. Justin's a better quarterback, but he plays the position differently. And I do believe you can learn from watching someone else, even who has inferior talent than you, play your position. So I think you're constantly learning, especially if you're a young quarterback. Justin's done some really good things in the National Football League. He's not a top five quarterback, so he's still learning. Whether you're learning from an undrafted rookie and how he gets the ball out quick, or you're learning from Josh Allen by watching how he does certain things, or it's Patrick Mahomes, you can pick things from a lot of different players who play your position and try to improve yourself. It's not a personal shot, or it's not a personal attack. Right. Like I I, I told you, and I wrote it for my column this week in Shaw Media, I sent this to to you guys over the weekend. Bajan's first three starts of his NFL career. And remember, this is a very raw player from a Division II school. So it takes time for guys to develop. And I'm not telling you that Bajan is ever going to be a true starter in this league. I'm not saying this. I've never said that. I've always said that he's a good story, and when he does well, you should applaud what he's done. Um, For his first three games, he's been at 67% completion rate. He threw for 614 yards. Three touchdowns, five interceptions. That's a bad right there. The differential there is bad. Only four sacks, 93 rushing yards. In comparison, Justin Fields' first three games of his career as a first-round draft pick and a guy who's always been a a spotlight guy. Compared to 67% completion rate, Justin Fields' first three games in the league as starter, 51%. Bajan threw for 614 yards. Justin Fields threw for 388. Bajan threw for three touchdowns. Fields threw for one. 
Bajan threw for those five interceptions. Justin only had one interception. Now, this is the key number here. Four sacks for Bajan, 12 sacks for Fields. And you may say, well, that Cleveland game, remember when Nagy threw him under the bus, really, really changed everything. Let me give you some, something else. Here's Justin's first three games of his third year. So he's a three-year veteran starting the first three games this season compared to an undrafted rookie starting for the first time at 67%. Justin Fields' first three games this year, 58% completion, 525 yards compared to Bajan's 614. Three touchdowns compared to Bajan's three touchdowns. Bajan had five interceptions. Justin had four interceptions. Bajan again with the four sacks. You know how many sacks Justin had in these first three games this year? Nine. Thirteen. Almost got it. So are you telling me that this Bears line is magically better with Tyson Bajan than they are with Fields? I could hear all the Fields fanatics, the Fields fanboys say, but, 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 but. It's always but, but, but. It's never, okay, our guy's got to be better. Our guy's got issues. He's got to get better. 13 sacks is inexcusable for a third-year player. This is an, a Division II guy who's never started a game, had a home game, had a road game that was like a 50-50 game on national TV against the Chargers, and in one of the most hostile environments in, in New Orleans. Threw for more yards, better completion percentage, took less sacks. I'm not telling you these numbers because I'm saying that Bajent is better. That's not the point of this. The point of this is saying that if Justin Fields wants this job going forward, if Caleb Williams isn't the guy, if Drake May isn't the guy, if, if one of these quarterbacks isn't the guy, he has to play better than those numbers I've told you. And if an undrafted rookie could come in and take less sacks without ever seeing an NFL snap, without ever seeing a Division I snap, and only takes four sacks in his first three games on an NFL field, Justin Fields should not be taking 13 sacks in a three-game period. That's where the more experienced quarterback can learn from this other player who may be less skilled and less experienced because it's constantly a learning process. I, I, I think the, the Bajan story is, is obviously it's still evolving. Um, my biggest concern with him when he took over the starting quarterback role wasn't that I thought he'd be overwhelmed by the moment. I don't think the stage is too big or the lights are too bright. I wasn't concerned that he wouldn't understand what he saw. My concern was is the step up in class was going to be something that was going to be an adjustment for him. And I think if you look at the game against the Saints on Sunday, the three interceptions that he threw for me, were a direct result of his inexperience because he's a rookie and his step up in class that he's still learning to adjust to. And I think he addressed that today uh, as he met the media and spoke very eloquently about it. He got baited into the first throw by a very good corner at Debo, and he locked in on Cole Komet. And Debo knew exactly what he was doing and stepped in front of him, and he was playing cover too. The second interception, if you look at it, Bajant makes the right read. He's got nothing on his strong side. He goes back to the weak side, but the ball's got to come out quicker, and the ball's got to be thrown with more velocity. The third interception he throws is a, he's trying to play hero ball. And he makes a throw that you'd make on Saturday in West Virginia, not a throw you make on Sunday in the, in the, the Superdome. 
and and it was a bad read as well. He had Darnell Mooney locked in on a running or a linebacker running down the seam, so he had a bad read and a bad throw. He is learning, as I said to you like a weeks ago. He didn't come in. People thought he was going to be, he'd play the game like Brock Purdy and be like a game manager. Tyson Bajant isn't a game manager. He's a gunslinger. That's how he played the position without at that, Shepard. Without that Brett Favre arm. Correct. There's the point. So he's trying to play the gunslinger role, and what he has found out, and it, listen, it, it's a short period of time, and three starts in the National Football League, I can't be a gunslinger because I don't have the arm strength to make the throws that Josh Allen throws, that Brett Favre would throw, or even that Justin would throw. So what he's got to do is kind of reprogram himself a little bit and go back to being a little bit more of a game manager because at the NFL level, the linebackers are faster and the cornerbacks close quicker. So he is learning that the decisions he needs to make going forward, he has to play a less a less risky approach because he doesn't have that rifle for an arm. And I believe that he'll make those adjustments. I'm also not telling you that ultimately he becomes this outstanding starting quarterback in the National Football League, but I believe he's a smart kid. He's gotten the experience. He'll learn from his mistakes. He'll ratchet some things back. He'll be less aggressive knowing that he has physical limitations. And I think he'll be in this league for a very, very long time. That's how I look at what I've seen. And again, it is a small sample size. And I would hate to ever put an artificial ceiling on anybody. But there are some physical limitations that he, I think, has come to terms with that will change the way he plays the position at the NFL level versus how he played it on Saturdays. And that is a smart player learning to, to deal with the circumstances around him. All right, 312-332-3776. by a bird. Yeah, there's a bird flying around in here in Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. So coming up next, if you want to weigh in on that, uh, I, I owe you Eberflus. I'll do that at three. And then Ryan Leaf also weighed in on Fields. He is still very bullish on Justin Fields and what he could be. I thought it was really, really good stuff. We'll play you that coming up at three as well. Come on out and see us. We're at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Live from Oak Brook Terrace in Twin Peaks, this is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Yeah. A lot of calls here uh, on the quarterback topic. Pajan will start, play you some sound here at 3. I want to take Jimmy on the north side as we're broadcasting live from Twin Peaks. And Jimmy, uh, your buddy Danny Lynch says hello. He's sitting two tables away from us. He's already hammered, Jimmy. I'm sure he is. I, yeah. I was going to say that that location uh, had uh, Lynch's uh, fingerprints all over it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he rode his bike here today. Peaks. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's good, good work, Danny. Um, anyway, guys, uh, so, you know, when, are, when Sutcliffe getting on the show here with uh, the Craig Council news? I mean, Marco, I, I like, I'm telling you, that would, I, to be honest, it's savvy and aggressive by the Cubs, and yes. I like that. Yeah. I think, you know, like, there is an expectation to win. I hear, like, Otani, you know, at least be in the hunt for Otani, right? I mean, and I think, like, it does transfer to the Bears. And, and speaking of this, like, quarterback topic that nobody talks about, but, uh, you know, Tyson Bajan, I think he's a player, guys. I mean, he's shown me enough to the point where I want to see him play again because if you have the opportunity to have him and field, and then you can bring in somebody like Harbaugh, who would be a savvy and aggressive move, 
then maybe you can get, you know, pretty twice as much what you got for Bryce Young if you have the number one pick. And then you're finally starting to build depth in a roster that has $120 million to spend in the offseason. Like, this is a critical moment, and they need to get it right. So if Baby can play, I really like, I really like that. Uh, he could be a starter. He reminds me of um, Fitzpatrick. So he's, he's pre- Jimmy's preaching stand pat with Bajent and Fields and then get Harbaugh in. He'll make both of them better and then just improve your roster all the way around. Is that crazy? I, it, cra- I wouldn't call it crazy, Jimmy, because I think it was well thought out on your behalf. I bl- Thank you very much, Tom. Yeah, about no, damn no, time. No, pre- no, no, no pressure. Uh, again, I, I, I want to know more about these guys in the whole scouting process. You know, everyone's up and down with Caleb Williams one week and, and the next. I want I want to hear what everyone has to say once we really start, you know, going down that road. And I, and if they really believe, if the consensus is these are true difference makers. Then you, I, then you draft one. I don't want to pass it. Yeah, then you draft one. That's what your general manager has been brought here to do, not to waffle. If he has a strong feeling about his existing guy and those that he potentially could have the access to, then you go with your decision and you don't worry about it. Uh, uh, so in, in, on, a lot of news could happen with Harbaugh. We have not heard anything yet. Not yet. Uh, uh, today could be decision day. I know they were talking about that today. Uh, would, would the Bears even consider Harbaugh, especially with the tie with Kevin Warren in the Big Ten? They should. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they, would, they should definitely consider him with, with him being a winner. Um, and, and I don't even think it's that big of a deal. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Do you believe there's still a chance that Matt Eberflus could be back for the 2024 season? I want to play you something from his press conference. I want to play you some Ryan Leaf, and we'll take all your phone calls on the quarterbacks. It's coming up next.